0: Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Church podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people take their next step to move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridgechristian.com. We pray that your life is transformed through this message today, so prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wears. This is the weekend that that we remember those who laid their love on the line so that we could have freedom to meet like we are today. And on Sunday, we always remember the one whose love was laid on the line so that we can have eternal freedom. And so today, this service is a little bit different, and you know if something is different, that there's a reason for it. There's something that we're going to be teaching throughout this, and so you just kind of have to keep your eyes open, and we're going to help you understand that. Uh, So if you would go ahead and get out your notes, Uh, that will help you remember because today is about remembering and and, uh, and that will help you as you follow along. I don't know about any of you all, I have sometimes a problem remembering. Does anybody in here have a problem remembering? We're getting close to 100% of people. I I like that. I don't feel nearly as bad about it. You know, I can blame getting old on it, but, you know, some of you all can't, so now I feel better about myself. You've helped me today. So, so this idea of, of remembering, we all have tips and tricks that we use to remember things. If Kathy calls me and she says, Mike, I want you to pick up milk on the way home, I, I will take a Post-it note and I will write on there milk and I will put it over my speedometer so that I will be sure not to miss it. But even doing that, there have been times when I have forgotten the milk, okay? That may tell you something about my driving. So the other part of that is I often just put down milk, but I didn't put down what flavor of milk. There's the the, the real milk, and then there's the 1% milk, and then there's the skim milk, I'm sorry. And, 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 you know, I don't get it. But, But if that's not written down, I forget it. And so we all have those tips and tricks that help us to remember. And this is what I want you to understand. If I forget the milk and I get home and I have two screaming kids because they're hungry, forgetting is dangerous. And what I would tell you, it's dangerous to forget what Christ has done for us. It's dangerous to forget what Christ has done for us. And this is what you need to understand. Satan is always, always, always trying to get us to forget what Christ has done for us. In fact, in Revelation, the 12th chapter, it gives us the three tactics of Satan. The first one is he wants to devour us. The second one is that he wants to accuse us and remind us of all the bad things we did. And then the third one, and it's found in Revelation twelve nine. it says there, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. That's his goal, is to lead us astray so that that when he pulls us away, we forget what Christ has done for us. We must remember what Christ has done for us. We must remember that, and and we have to know that. We have to remember it because Satan is always trying to distract us. You know about distractions, don't you? There's, There's this big campaign right now. And it's, it's all about distracted driving. I, I see some of y'all. Uh, I pass you on the road and you've got your phones up there and, and you're, you're doing the thumb thing. I can't do that. I do this. But, but you're doing the thumb thing and, and you're driving. And you know what? That, that's, that's distracted driving. Now, the problem there is while you've got your phone up there and you're doing this, you begin to drift off one way or the other way. And, and that drifting gets to be pretty dangerous. Now, let me tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to talk good about you at your funeral, but I am going to mention that you were stupid for being distracted that way, okay? So, so just know that's how it's going to work. But this is, this is what I want you to hear. We look at that and we say, that's not a very smart thing. But you know what? It's the same thing that Satan is trying to do to us. He wants to distract us so that we'll drift. In fact, the Hebrew writer writes about it, and I want you to hear what he writes in Hebrews 2.1. He says, We must pay more careful attention. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. So that we don't pull off off and get in, in the way somewhere else. And, and as we drift, we get into harm's way. Drifting is dangerous. If you've ever been at the ocean, and, 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 and I love to go to the ocean, if you see a boat that loses power, the only thing that boat can do is drift. And, and they're at the mercy of the, the wind and the waves, and if they drift up on the beach, the waves hit it and it breaks up. If they drift into the rocks, what happens? They get a hole and they sink. Why? Because drifting is dangerous. Now, I I want you to understand this. In Ephesians 4, in verse 14, this is what Paul tells us there. He says, you know what? When you're not growing, when you're not moving under the power of God, then you're going to be tossed around uh, by the wind and the waves. And it's a very dangerous thing. What's even more dangerous than a boat drifting, what's even more dangerous than a boat drifting is a soul drifting because of the danger that is there. And that's what Satan wants to happen. For us to drift, for us to to move in the wrong direction. So this is what I want you to hear in, in this part, is that we have to build constant reminders to keep from drifting. We have to build constant reminders to keep from drifting. I used to surf back many years ago. And when you get in the water, when you're surfing, you always look up on the beach and you have a landmark. And you look up there and you remember that. Because what's going to happen is the current's going to begin to move you down the beach. And if you don't keep on coming back to that landmark, if you don't keep on paddling back there, you end up drifting. And, and, And there was one time that I drifted. I got so excited about the waves that I drifted about a mile and a half down the beach from where I was originally. I had a long hike back. You know what? If we don't build reminders into our lives, it's easy for us to drift. Today, we're going to take communion. That's one of them, and that's where we're centering this service today is around communion. But you know what? You and I have to build those reminders into our lives. It might be a Post-it note put someplace that reminds you of the love of Jesus. It might be a note card in your pocket that just when you reach down there, you see it. It might be a piece of jewelry. It could be a screensaver. It could be a reminder on your phone. But we all need those reference points that reminds us when maybe we're beginning to drift away we're going to sing a song here come thou fount of every blessing and 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 it's a great song and and there's some interesting parts to it one in here is is this line it says here i raise my ebenezer what's an ebenezer is that the guy from the christmas story So I'm going to raise up Ebenezer Scrooge. I'm going to grab that little fella and raise him up. Is that? No. The the idea of raising up an Ebenezer, that that word is from 1 Samuel. And it's a stone of remembrance. It's that reference point that we can look back and we can see so that we know that that when we're drifting, we've got to get back there. So so it says there, here I raise my Ebenezer. I put that stone of remembrance so that I'll keep on coming back there because Satan is going to try to get me to, 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 to drift. Later in the song, there's this line. It says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. That's why we need the Ebenezer's, Because Satan is pulling us away. We're talking about this idea of drifting and, and uh, uh, Satan trying to lead us astray. And, and so as we begin to think about that, as we begin to, to see that and understand what he's doing, I, I want to get you to the second way that he tries to distract us and move us away. We find it in Isaiah, the 51st chapter, and this is what it says. I, even I, am he who comforts you. God, God's speaking here. He says, I'm the one that comforts you. Who are you that you fear mere mortals? Human beings who are but grass that you forget the Lord your maker. Let me read that to you again and and let that soak into your heart. It says, I, even I, I'm he who comforts you. I'm God. I'm the one who supplies all your needs. Who are you that you fear mere mortals, human beings who are but grass that you forget the Lord your God, your maker? They were more concerned. Let me tell you what they were more concerned with. They were more concerned with making man happy than pleasing God. I would see this when I was a campus minister at Florida State. I would see it every weekend just about. I would have students that were very much into God's word and they they loved God and then it came Thursday night and on the college campus that's the big party night and it would be Friday night and Saturday night and they would get out with their friends and can I tell you what would happen at that point? They would become concerned with keeping their friends happy and they would forget about keeping God happy. And so, what was more important then was, was, were their friends pleased with them, and they forgot completely on whether or not God was pleased with them. Proverbs 29 and verse 25 says it a little bit differently, and it says it maybe a way that you'll, you'll understand. It says, the fear of man, fear of man proves to be a snare but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. That idea of snare is, is a trap where, you know, you're trapped and then you happen to be Satan's lunch after that. And so this fear of man is a snare. Now, you and I can recognize how, how we are driven by what people think. The clothes that I wear, the cars that I drive, the house that I live in, you know, I, I think, well, what are people going to think? You're there with me, aren't you? Does that ever happen to you? How, how do I look today? Well, are they going to think I'm dressed funny? Uh, a plaid shirt with plaid pants? My, my kids wouldn't even let me go out of the house with that. But, but you, you get the picture. We're so driven by that. I recently read that the number, one pe- the number one reason that people are in financial distress today is keeping up with the Joneses. And so what happens, they get whatever because they want people to think highly of them because they own the latest and greatest things. And so they get into financial distress, and that often pulls them away. And it's all about the fear of man. It's all about that. And you know what happens here is that man becomes big and God becomes small. Man becomes big, and we're more worried about what man thinks than what God thinks. This is what we've got to do. We've got to change that trend. And this is what we've got to do. We've got to make God big and man small. We've got to make God big and man small. The way that you make God big is that you spend time with him. Let me illustrate this for you. A couple of weeks ago, I went to the Georgia Military College, the GMC spring football game, the college players that are there, and I was up in the stands for the first half, and I'm up there, and I saw them warm up, and I said, oh, those guys, they're 18, 19-year-olds. They don't look all that big. And so, you know, I'm looking out there and watching them, and I'm thinking, there's nothing special. And at halftime, I went down to see uh, Ross, the the offensive coordinator, and I'm talking with him. And one of the offensive linemen come up, and he stands beside me. I turned to him, and I said, yes, sir. (laughs) Because when I got close to him, can I tell you what I realized? How big he was. And can I tell you, if we want to keep from drifting, if we want to be keeping from being pulled away by the fear of man, we've got to get close to God, and we'll realize how big he is. And we'll say, yes, sir. I I will do what you want. I will do what you want. You know, and this is what I want you to hear, is the guy was huge. I was dwarfed by him. But when I was close, I realized, How do we get close to God? I will tell you simply by reading God's Word. When I read God's Word, I realize that Jesus walked on water. That makes Him big. When I realize they split the Red Sea wide open and they walked across on dry land, that makes God big. When I realize that they conquered death, that makes God big, okay? And and, and as I see God as bigger, I'm more concerned about pleasing Him. When I get down on my knees and I pray and and the prayers are answered, I realize that my God can do anything. That makes God big. When I come into this place and, and as a church, We begin to do things that are changing in this community. It makes God big to me. You know what we do? We get afraid of what's out there. We get afraid. So this next song is called Always. And and it reminds us that that, that God is always with us. It reminds us that we have nothing to fear. We don't need to fear men. We don't need to fear anybody. This is the one thing that we got to realize is that He is always with us. You know, Satan is trying to lead us astray. He wants to get us to drift. He wants us to be afraid of man. But there's another thing that he does. And uh, I don't know if you all have ever noticed this. Have you noticed how good your prayer life is when maybe there's a struggle or something bad happening? Anybody here with me on that? Okay. Yeah, when when something isn't right, we we automatically fall to our knees. And, And the funny thing about it, even people that don't believe in God fall to their knees when things aren't right. And so as you begin to think about this, it's that just the opposite is true. When things are going well, you know what often happens? We forget to pray. We forget to go to God. Listen to what the, the, the prophet Hosea wrote. He says, when I fed them, and this is God speaking, he says, when I fed them, they were satisfied. When they were satisfied, they became proud. Then they forgot me. Wow, that's, that, that's pretty harsh, isn't it? They got what they wanted, and then they forgot God. I see this all the time. I really do. When people face the trials, they say, would, would, would you pray for me? As a pastor, this is the story right here. When, when something bad is happening in somebody's life, can I tell you what happens? Is they, they come to me and they say, will you pray for me? But when things are going good, I, I don't have too many people say, come pray for me. Because they, they somehow forget God. Come, come and pray for me. Life is going really good. I'm, I'm flush with cash right now. Pray for me. No, they, they begin to be proud and they begin to, to let that consume them. And, and uh, as your pastor, you know, I'd love to get one of those phone calls. Ninety-eight percent of them are, are about, oh, this, this terrible thing has happened. I'd love to get one and say, would you pray for me? And in fact, uh, this is the thought I want you to hear right now. And and this is what I want you to hear in this time when things are good, when we have the stuff of earth and we are Americans and we are there, folks. uh, we We have everything that we need. We've got to learn to keep our eyes on Jesus. Okay? Because the stuff of earth can capture our attention. You realize you never own anything, do you? It always owns you. You buy that car, and what happens? It owns you. You're, you're now r- responsible to put tires on it and change the oil. And, and so as you think about that, you know, if you're going to keep your eyes on Jesus, that means you're going to make time to be in his word. You're going to be in church. You're going to be praying. You're going to be with other folks. And, 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 and I would even tell you, when times are good, you got to pray. And there's a prayer from Proverbs I want you to hear. And this Proverbs prayer is from chapter 30 and verses 7 through 9. It says, Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Did you catch that there? But only give me my daily bread, otherwise I might have too much, and disown you and say, who is the Lord? I've watched people do that. When they they get what they want, and then they begin to wander, they begin to drift, and they forget God. You know, there's this parable, and it's a parable of the soils and the seeds. And there are these four different types of soils. And the ones that has the weeds, the one that has the thorns, when you put down the, uh, the seed, it might sprout up quickly. But then it says that it's choked out by the weeds. And it compares those weeds to the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this world. Been there. Get consumed with what the world has to offer. And, and, and it begins to, to, to eat into my soul. And actually what happens is we don't own it. It owns us. And we become slaves to what the world has. And at that point, we're beginning to drift off. And it's not too long before we're completely separated from God. So we're going to sing a song here. And it's, it's just a little song that says that we're no longer slaves to him. we're no longer slaves uh, to this world but we're a child of God and and I just want you to ask yourself this question have you taken your eyes off of Jesus and placed them on the stuff that the world has to offer have you taken yourself have you become a slave do those things control you more than God does because if so that means you're not remembering the one who has died for you you're more concerned with what you can get okay This is a hard one. This is a hard one because it's so easy to be consumed. That's what we've come to celebrate today is the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know if you've noticed what's been going on. I talk about how we drift, and then we bring you back with a song. I talk about how you drift, then we come back with a song. I've been treating you like my dog, okay? You're on my leash, you begin to sniff a little bit, and then I give you a little tug to get you back to the right place. That's exactly what Christ did when he established the Lord's Supper. He, he, he made it a, a weekly occurrence. Our, our, for some of us, it's even more often than that. When our small groups meet or when the elders meet, we always share in communion. But, but that's kind of that gentle nudge to pull us back so that we don't forget, so that we don't drift away. And so the whole service today, I told you up front that it was going to be different, and it was different for a reason. But that's our lives, isn't it? I drift a little bit away. And then i got to kind of be pulled back a little bit. And so as we come to this time of communion, I, I want to remind you a few things about communion uh, and, and why it can pull us back in that way. So, so let me just read to you the, the, the verses from 1 Corinthians, uh, the 11th chapter, starting in verse 23. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Remember, remember. That's what this weekend is about. That's what this day is about, to help us remember what Christ has done. And so I want to give you a few little things about the Lord's Supper, about communion, so that you can understand it maybe in a little bit different way. The first thing I would tell you is you got to remember the love of a well-prepared meal. you got to remember the love of a well-prepared meal. When I used to go home to my mom's house, I knew that there was going to be a well-prepared meal. There was going to be potato salad, there was going to be a strawberry pie, and there was going to be cornbread. And, and, and if strawberries were out of season, it didn't matter to her. She would fly them in from wherever because we were going to have a strawberry pie. It, it was, No expense was spared. And can I tell you what? That's exactly the same way this meal that we're about to partake in just a second is. It's been well prepared. I can take you back to Genesis 44 and the story of Joseph. You see this bag of wheat with a cup in it? and it's pointing to communion. Or I can take you to the Passover, and everything in the Passover is, por- is pointing to communion. I can take you to David, and, and, and after he, he, he brings the Ark of the Covenant into town, he gives everybody a raisin cake, the, the fruit of the vine and the wheat. It's pointing to communion. Throughout the Old Testament, we see this meal being prepared. And that night when Jesus breaks the bread and gives them the wine, can I tell you what happens? It causes a flood in their minds because the Spirit has been working. This meal that we're about to partake in has been well prepared and it was very costly. It cost our Savior everything. The second thing I'd have you to understand about this meal is that we remember the grace given by the sacrifice of Jesus. We remember the grace given by the sacrifice of Jesus. I struggle with what word to use there instead of grace. I thought, well, it's about forgiveness. No, it's about mercy. No, it's about love. It's about kindness. And I finally settled on grace because grace is unmerited favor. That means that I didn't deserve it and God gave it to me. I didn't deserve to be forgiven because I am a sinner. I did deserve punishment. And you know what? That's mercy. And I I don't deserve to spend all eternity in heaven with him, but that's grace through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we remember that in this meal because the body and blood was broken. We get the grace of Jesus so we can spend all eternity. And that's the last thing I would have you remember here is that we remember the future he has prepared for us. He says, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. There will be a day when Jesus returns, and we will eat the lamb's wedding feast with him in, in, in eternity. Thanks for listening to this message. If you'd like to find out more about Northridge, visit our website at northridgechristian.com. If you'd like to stay connected throughout the week, download our Church Link app today for your iOS or Android device.